morning probably. That's Tagalog, spoken in the Philippines, and it means good morning. Magandang umaga. Our scripture this morning is not from Romans. It's from Matthew 4. Matthew 4 is divided into four sections, headed with four sections, topics. And we'll be reading the, the middle two, where Jesus begins to preach and where he begins to recruit his disciples. We stand, please, as we read. Thank you. Verse 12. When Jesus heard that John, speaking of John the Baptist, had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. And here Matthew quotes from Isaiah 9, first couple of verses. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. The word of the Lord, and thank you for listening. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the scripture. We thank you for your word. I pray, God, this morning that... As you speak through me this morning, may you start in my own life, uh, speaking to my heart, and be with us through this, this time together as we, as we uh, look into your word and as we search out the scriptures and see what you have for each one of our lives. Amen. Well, last week, or last, few, or last week, we talked about that um, Sid and Julie have a new baby and they didn't have pictures. And we gave them a rough time about not having pictures. Well, I have a picture this morning of my little baby. You can turn that neck. There you go. So I have a picture. Now you can say you've seen a picture of a little baby. Now let me tell you about Izzy. Izzy is spoiled. And when it's time to go outside to use the restroom, I will say, let's go get your leash. So she immediately runs to the door. We have a door going out on our deck. And it's open, and she runs out there, and she gets a drink of water. And then she runs over to the other side, and she looks around for a cat, just to try to see what's out there. And then she runs back in for me to put the leash on her. Wow, she's got this thing down, down pat. That's her routine. 
Now if the door's closed, she goes to the door, and she stands, and she turns and looks at me. She has no, no idea what to do next because there's a change in her life that she has no idea what to do. So she'll try to mosey back and get the leash on, and we're gone. Change is tough in our lives, isn't it? Even for a little Izzy. A few years ago, I was a, a manager at a uh, company, and, and through a lot of different changes that was going on, um, we were having restructuring, and, and I was the manager, and I saw what was happening to a lot of my, my employees. and I, So I looked up, and I found this book entitled, Who Moved My Cheese? Anybody ever read that before? You have. Oh, you guys want to come up and do the sermon? Uh, so, Who Moved My Cheese? Written by, uh, written by Spencer Johnson. And it was written, oh, 1998 or something like that. And it goes through, it's, it's for secular stuff. And so I, I bought books for each one, of, or for, bought about five books and, and handed them out. And I said, go read this. And then after everybody had read it, we came back and we went through and we discussed what it means to move my cheese. And it deals with change. What's happening with change in your life? So what happens is it, it talks a lot about a maze. There's mazes in our life, right? We have a lot of things we have to get through. And it talks about these four, four little mice. Okay? Bear with me as I... Let me read this a little bit of a summary. It says the four characters who live in the maze, the mice are scurry and sniff... And the little people are him and ha. You probably maybe fit some of those categories. But anyway, all was going well because they had found a huge source of their favorite food, cheese. Him and ha have moved their houses near it. It has become the center of their lives. But they do not notice that it is getting smaller and are devastated when they arrive at the site one morning and find the cheese all gone. This is the story where it splits in two. Scurry and Sniff quickly uh, accept the loss of the cheese and go off to the maze to search for other sources. The little people, because they have built their lives around the big cheese, feel they are a victim and some kind of fraud or theft has happened. Yet this only makes things worse as their clinging on ensures that they go hungry. Meanwhile, the mice move on and find new cheese. Johnson also mentions in the message, he said, instead of seeing change as the end of something, we must learn to see it as the beginning of something. To make yourself accept reality, Hall writes on the wall of the maze, if you do not change, you become extinct. A valuable lesson to remember. Do you have big cheese in your life that you've centered everything around or not. The word change is a powerful word. At the very thought of change, and when I've mentioned change this morning, what's going through your minds as I say change, it could be fear, anxiety, excitement, anticipation, caution, and you might feel that you're depending on all of these circumstances uh, and, and then all of a sudden change happens. Change will happen in our lives. Even at the end, if you read in 1 Corinthians 15.51, Paul writes, We shall not 
We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In that moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised, and we shall be changed. All through our lives, from the time we're born, things are changing around us. Changing. The first section I want to talk about is the personal change. A pastor, as I was doing some studying, um, this has been a hard message, by the way, to, 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 to work on. But as I was studying some of the different uh, things that, that talk about change, I found a, a pastor, Ned. He wrote in 2007, he said, We all experience change. While we're sitting here, you're, you're, you're changing. During this message that I'm preaching today, about a, a half a million of your cells in your body are dying, and they're replaced with a half a million new cells just during this time we're together. You're being made uh, just sitting there. You're being made new just sitting there. How awesome is that? Our body replaces itself every month. Your stomach lining undergoes a complete change in five days. Your liver every six weeks. Your skeleton every three months. Change is natural. Our bodies are continually changing. And as a lot of us know, as we're getting older... And hopefully we're getting wiser as these changes are being made. But change is stressful, isn't it? Ch- change is stressful. What's happening in your life today, in your personal life, that's changing and it's making you stressful? The uh, Holmes and there's a guy, a couple of psychologists, Davis, Thomas Holmes and Richard Ray Ray that uh, they did a study, and I'm sure that uh, we paid for the study a few years ago, but they did a study on how stress affects our health. And as you can see in this picture, it looks like this guy's going down in the water and, you know, he's, he's, he's gone. He's, he's, it's, his, his life is changing. And they, they, they did a study on this and found that there are about 41 different areas of change in our life that affect us. And depending on how you deal with this change, it can affect your health. Amen? You didn't know you were coming to a class today, did you? Out of the top ten, I'm just going to read you the top ten, but listen to these and find out. Maybe, maybe one of these is, is what you're going through today. The number one is that affects your, uh, your stress level is the death of a spouse. Then there's divorce. Then there's marital separation. Then there's jail term. Then there's death of a close family member. There's personal injury. There's marriage issues. You're fired or let go from the job. Your job situation changes. Marital reconciliation. Retirement. Everything, and there's, there's a whole lot more, and these are all categorized, but there's a lot that goes on in our life that affects us how are you handling these changes? How do you handle these personal changes? Can you handle them? Can you handle them on your own? Does life's struggles impact your health? As you stress out, don't you find yourself, your health suffering because of it? In the scripture today, it shows that uh, 
that uh, the whole place, the whole area was in darkness. And they saw, uh, they saw light. Jesus Christ. When you were going through change, it seems like every part of our being, we're walking in darkness. We're wondering, where are we going? What are we going to do next? How come I can't get rid, get rid of this pain? Something's got to change. I've got to help me through this retirement. What do I do next on my retirement? But you notice here that he, uh, he, he found these first disciples and he says, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Where were they when they were being called? By the Sea of Galilee. Where was Jesus? Walking by the Sea of Galilee. Gee, is that a coincidence? That he was walking by when they were working on their nets? Who were these people? They were fishermen. What were they doing? Repairing their nets or or doing something away from their boat? Where were you at when the last major change in your life happened? What were you doing? Where were you when Christ knocked on your door and you first encountered Christ in your life? Wasn't that a big change in your life? With no reluctance, the disciples quit what they were doing immediately and they followed Christ. What are we doing when we go through change? Are we immediately turning to Christ? Are we going, boy, I don't know what I'm going to do. What am I going to do with this change that's happened in my life? I'm struggling. I'm struggling. What am I going to do? Turn to Christ. Turn to Christ. Next thing is spiritual change. Spencer says instead of, uh, in, instead of looking at this as the end of your life or end of whatever, look at it as a new beginning. Second Corinthians says, Therefore, if anyone in Christ... He is a new creation, and this new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. That's change in your life. If when you accept Christ in your life, you have not changed, then something might, you need to kind of look a little bit further. Amen? When, we ch- when our lives change, we're a new creation and a new life. In Romans 8, we are getting to 8, by the way, Dean. We are getting to... Uh, to chapter 8, verses uh, 1 through 4, says, Therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ, because through Jesus Christ the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you aside, has set you free <clears throat> from the law of the sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in, in flesh in order that the righteous requirement for the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to flesh but according to the Spirit. When Christ came into our lives, He made us a new creature. We no longer live by the flesh. Amen? Isn't that great? In Ezekiel 25, it says, uh, Then I will sprinkle water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. 
And I will give you a new heart, and I will put in you a new spirit. I will take away your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsible heart, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and, and obey, uh, obey my decrees and my regulations. And you will live in Israel and the land I give you. You will be my people and I will be your God. Aren't you glad that Jesus Christ loved us so much that He came in, in the form of flesh and became the flesh offering for us? <coughs> he loved us before we were even born. He knew each of us. He knew the changes that were going to happen in our life. He knew everything that we were going to go through. He knew the losses that you were going to have, whether they were physical or, or they, were, they, were, they were loved ones, relatives, the surgeries you were going to go through. He knew everything about us. And you know what? People out around us today, if they do not know Christ, what, are, what do you think they're suffering through right now trying to solve all these changes on their own? It can't be done. Years ago, I had a, uh, a job in Colorado Springs. I was there about a year and a half, and things were going really well. And during that time is when uh, Linda and I accepted Christ into our lives and knew that this is the way we are going to go. And, and all of a sudden, the rug was pulled out from underneath us. They had a layoff. And guess who was affected? And there were people around me that I'd gone to work for, the same, gone to work with at the very same time. You could see everybody's life as they were going through this life change, how they handled it. One guy ended up in the hospital. He had a nervous breakdown. Another one, he and his wife actually separated because of the financial issues that were going on around us. But that very day, that very day that I heard about it, the first thing out of my mind was, Oh, Lord, I've got a family. We just purchased a house. What am I going to do? And there was just like a, a finger in my back, immediately a finger in my back that said, you're one of mine. You had a change in your life. I love you. Don't you think I'm going to take care of you? Don't you think I'm going to care for you? And immediately it's like this. I stopped and I turned and I followed Christ and said, Praise the Lord. I'm a child of the King. God loves me. He owns the, 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 the cattle on a thousand hills. And He loves me. He loves me. I'm not up here today because of, 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 of what I've done. I'm not, I'm not worthy of being up here. But Jesus Christ loved me. And immediately I, I left everything and followed Christ. Are you doing that today? Are you following Christ? Are you letting Him handle your, your changes that are happening around in your life? Change. Change. Pastor Sid has been talking in Romans the last few weeks, and he talked about uh, knowing who we know, know who we know, we know Christ, and know that today. Don't just think that you know Christ and I've accepted Christ. 
Do you absolutely know that down deep in your heart that He is He has the authority and He loves you and you're one of His His own? And don't judge others. Don't look around and judge others. Now, I've always heard that, don't judge others, but then he brought up a good point that if somebody is sinning against what's Scripture, do you know the Scripture today? If somebody is doing wrong according to the Scriptures, then you do have the right to judge and go and talk to them. But let me, let me warn you, don't talk to them and judge anybody unless you really know the Scriptures. What are you talking about? What is? Do I really know what Christ is saying? Which means when we get changed, we need to dig into the Scripture and know exactly what Christ wants us to know. And He'll help you to interpret the Scriptures. Amen? And don't trip somebody up. Remember He's talking about stumbling don't don't uh don't don't do something that would somebody else would stumble this new life again is a new beginning for you a new beginning and now that we have spiritual change in our life we have now we're able to cope with our change i said people out there that do not know christ today are suffering But if you know Christ and have Christ in your life, something comes up in your life, you can cope with it. Because Jesus Christ is there to help you. He can help you cope in these changes. Look up. The first thing we want to do when we are trying to cope with change is look up. Look to Christ. First thing, immediately, the scripture says, immediately look up. Take your eyes off your circumstances and focus on God. Hebrews 1 or Hebrews 12 says, "Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great of a, of a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight or every stress we have or every change we have, and the sin which is so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us." Looking unto Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author, or you could say pioneer, or originator, the author and finisher, or perfecter, or completer, whatever, whatever scripture you're using, of our faith, who for the joy that has set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Wow! We serve a marvelous God, don't we? He is the author and finisher. He's the beginning and the end. He knows everything that has happened is going to happen to us. Anybody ever wondered when you're going through a, a situation or a struggle? And you go through this, and about a year later, two years later, you look back and you go, Boy, look what I was going through back then. And you know, I had God to help me get through that. Even though I thought I was lost, I was having lots of problems. I was having pain after this surgery. But God got me through, and I'm a better person now because of that. 
And you can look back. That's how faith grows, folks. You can't just have faith like that. You have to go through circumstances and changes in your life before you, your, your faith grows. And you can look back and know exactly where God has brought you out of. You can look back and see where God's brought you out of the sin. You're no longer in the, in the, in the flesh. He's taken you out of that. He's taken you out of that. What does it mean that Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith? Well, I read up here, it's, it, the answer says, uh, Jesus is described as the author and perfecter or the finisher of our faith. An author uh, is, an, is an originator or creator. As the theory of the, he has the theory or the plan. And the Greek word for author is captain, chief leader, or prince. My, uh, my favorite verse is, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and, and not to harm you. I live by that. Because I know God cares for me. And no matter what I'm going through, He's there right by my side. I heard a, I heard a sermon one time where we always talk about uh, God is always on your side. He's helping you. He's with you as you're going through stuff. I also have a picture of Christ in front of me as well as beside me because Christ is already there. He's already gone through the things that you've gone through. He knows what you're going through and you focus on Christ and He'll get you through every change or every problem you have going through in your life. Amen? Look up. Now, know that God is always in control. God is in control. But my eyes were fixed on you, Sovereign Lord, and in you I take refuge. Do not give me over to death. Do not give me over to death. Remember, God is almighty and He's in control. God is with you. I read in the uh, in the good uh, the Great Commission says, "Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you." That's a big task, isn't it? Go into all the world, which includes Longmont. By the way, if you didn't know that, if you haven't read your scripture, it includes Longmont. It says. My, my, my version of the Bible says Longmont. But before the command, God says, All authority in heaven and earth has given, been given to me and I give to you. You have the authority, folks, to talk to people about Christ. He gives you the authority to talk about, about, uh, about Him. And then I like this other one. It says, But lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Even to the end of the age. God is with you no matter what you're going through, and He's not going to let you down, and He's not going to change. He's there with you. Even to the end of the age. You know what that means? Before my, before my heels get cold, and I hit the floor or whatever I'm doing, I'm going to be with Christ. 
He's going to be with me through that also. Amen? We were in a uh, the class, for those that were here a few weeks ago when David Seaver was here, and he was talking about what our church... Uh, could look like and what we need to kind of look into doing and getting out into the community and the apartments next door or or doing different things in the area to, to 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 be part of our community that we're in and I don't know about you but as I was in there I'm sitting there going yeah 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 we need to do that oh that sounds great oh such good ideas yeah super and I walk out the door and I get in my car to drive away and I go, Really? Me? Doing this? Can our church do that? Wow. I don't know. Well, who's, well, I don't know. I don't think I can do that. You know what? We cannot do anything meeting the needs of the community. We cannot do it on our own. We need Jesus Christ. To go off and be with. Lo, I am with you always, he says. He's going to be with us as we go and witness to those around us. As we try to do things and come up with an idea of, of having whatever uh, the, the, the Bible school out here or the picnic we're going to have out at the, out at the park. <laughs> Big change for us, right? <clears throat> We've been going out and having our party out at a... At a, at a park all by ourselves and enjoying each other's company. Nothing wrong with that, is there? Nothing wrong with being out there and enjoying each other. Except when people start shooting squirt guns and stuff, but um, I'm glad I wasn't part of that. <clears throat> but to have it local to where people in the community can see us out there and we can invite them, come and, come and have a hot dog with us. Come and have a hamburger with us. Oh, we're just down the street. Where do you go to church? We're just right across the street from the hospital. Is that a change for us to do something like that? Absolutely. Can we do it? Absolutely not. Except through Christ who gives us strength. Amen? Change is hard for us. I don't know, well, I know it's hard for me. Maybe you guys got it all under control, but I, I don't. I don't. But we can do Christ do things that Christ strengthens us. He's always with you. And he has the authority. When we when we become a Christian, he gives us a new name. We are a Christian. We're a child of God. We've been brought into the family of God. Believe it or not, you guys are my brothers and sisters. Scary, isn't it? Look at look at this. And I'm your brother? Come on. But we are part of the family of God and God loves each and every one of us. And do we have, do we have conflicts? I never had any brothers or sisters. So that, that I, I don't know anything about having brothers and sisters and the struggles you get into. But I know that brothers and sisters argue. Doesn't mean they don't love each other. They just have differences of, of opinion. And I'm sure we have as a church differences of opinion. But God helps us to get through those because we are a part of the family of God. Amen? I'm not hearing a lot of amens. I'm, maybe it's omies. I hear that a lot. God has the authority. And He says, I am with you always even to the end of the earth. 
Now we need to live out your faith. Live it in every single thing you do. People don't care how you act. People care how you react. You ever heard that one before? People don't care how you act. They care how you react. When you're going through troubles and changes in your life, changes in the church, you know, trying to push out and do things and we have to rely on God, how do you react when you have issues come up in your life, you have circumstances that come up? How do you react when you lose your job? How do you react when the doctor says you have cancer? How do you react when a loved one is gone, just like that? How do you react to things in life that affect each and every one of us? That's what people are looking at. They're looking at how you react. Is the first thing you do go, oh my goodness, or are you going, God help me. Give me strength. You promised me. Give me strength. Be with me. Get me through this. Give me wisdom to get through everything in life that that comes my way. Is that what they're seeing? And then after you look up and live out your life, then look ahead expectantly. Don't think... You, you, you think that God's going to help me this time? You know, I, I relied on God a few years ago. And He got me through this. But man, this, this is a difficult thing I'm going through. This is cancer I'm going through. I don't know. Do you, can God get you through this? I don't know. Rely on God. He is, he, is, uh, he is the one that can help you through everything. You Expect Him to do that. He's done it before. He never changes. God's going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Yesterday, today, and forever. Expect God to hear your prayer and answer you. May not be in the way that you want to hear the answer. But God will answer your prayer. Yes, no, tomorrow. It'll happen tomorrow. He will answer you. He will answer you. He will help you cope through everything that you're going through. Again, my, my favorite scripture is Jeremiah 29.11. For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. But then, let's, let's, let's read the next Verse or two. Then, then comes after, I know the plans I have for you. That I, then, you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. God's going to listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart and I will be found by you. God will listen to you and He will answer your prayers. He's in control. And expect it. Expect it. And there will be change in your life. Change in your life. Ephesians uh, 3 says, Now to Him who is able to immeasurably be 
uh, more than we will ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ through all generations forever and forever and forever. Amen. Don't get lost in that maze that I was that we saw earlier. Earlier, don't get wrapped up as these mice sniff and scurry and 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 him and haw going to look for a new home because you just lost all your cheese. <clears throat> Rely on God. He'll help you to cope through every change, everything that's happened in your life. Don't stress out. Number one is. Stress in your life does affect your health, physical health, and spiritual health. If you don't follow and ask for God to help you, He's there with you every single day. Don't scurry around. Don't go him and ha-ha. Don't follow these guys. And this, this thing here, I don't know if you can see it up here, it says, the world changes, circumstances change, we change, but God's Word never changes. Do you believe that today? Are you trusting in God that no matter what change happens in your life, it's a new beginning? It's a new beginning. And God will help you through that because God loves you. And if you don't believe me, you can read this whole thing here. And you'll find that God loves you. And He will be with you through every life's circumstance. Let's stand. Heavenly Father, we thank You, God, that You are unchanging. That You love us. And You're with us through every single thing that happens in our life. Nothing's a circumstance. Nothing's just a... Just, just there that you know nothing about. But God, you understand and you know everything about us and you're there with us if we just rely on you. Thank you, God, for the opportunity of, of sharing your word today. Thank you, God, for what you mean to me. I pray, God, that as we, if we leave this, uh, this, this building and it's only a building. It's not your church. Each one of us is, is part of your church. And as we leave today, may we go out and be able to, to, to witness and talk to those that, are, that we come in contact with and always rely on you and, and that you speak through us to each person we see. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Amen.